0: I've been to some beautiful, like places, and like the amount of places I've got to see, the amount of the different cultures I've been exposed to, and you'd see the people living in huts, barefoot, always smiling on their face, mm. like always happy. And so I'm, you know, I'm always thinking to myself, like, man, I gotta get back to America. I gotta worry about these bills. I gotta worry about this. Make sure my credit's good. I gotta Mm -hmm. make sure blah, blah, blah. You know, all this stuff is taken care of. I'm like, these people living on this island.
1: So I know that you'll agree, enjoying myself while I work is the vibe that I'm trying to be on. So I want to invite you guys to Sidebar ATL. Here in Atlanta, Georgia, Sidebar on top of the good food and live music, they have three different experiences. That means you can join me in the garden room, in the gold room if you wanna try the top of the line hookah. And they also have the dungeon where I hear what happens in the dungeon stays in the dungeon. So it's the perfect mix if you're here on business or you wanna blow off some steam after work, you can meet me at Sidebar ATL so that you can have a little bit of dinner and then turn up afterwards if that's your jam. So check us out, 79 Poplar Street here in downtown Atlanta or you can call 678-800-0741. Let's get it, work and play at the same time right <laughs> welcome to another episode of the work and play podcast i'm your host arielle young and i have a really special guest today it's not so many times that we get to like get into three transitions all in one story so we're gonna get a chance to talk about all of your different journeys i'm not gonna spoil it i'm not gonna okay, spoil it okay. so without further ado would you please take it away for me hey
0: everybody how you doing my name is brandon abrahams um just a regular guy that's been through like Ariel said a couple transitions in life um going from the military sector to the corporate sector to now entrepreneurship um and i'm 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 an emerging entrepreneur so i'm still learning a lot of things and i'm still new to a lot of things but i'm in a good place right now and i got a good um circle around me of people that are doing uh well in entrepreneurship to say the least and um so yes it's it's been a journey it's been a journey
1: yeah, it's, it, it's always going to be a journey. The journey never ends. <laughs> I mean, but, and, and then again, like y- you've actually experienced three different like career titles, right? Virgin yes. Entrepreneur, but there was Corporate Professional. Mm-hmm. There, was, there was Military Soldier.
0: Navy, uh, well, I was actually a, a Petty Officer. Petty in the Navy.
1: Officer, gotcha, yeah. gotcha. So we got to get mm-hmm. into all of those journeys. Mm-hmm. So if we start back at like, well, actually let's not even start back at the top. Talking about entrepreneurship and we were literally just getting into like you exploring this new space what is it what has it been like for you to be in this new transition like starting all over again kind of like freshman
0: it's great i I love it because it's just it kind of gives me a whole new perspective on life and a whole new perspective on um the like what it takes to build something yourself Hmm. Right. So the whole entrepreneurship is it's cultivated by you. So everything that you do has a direct result to your success or your failure in entrepreneurship. Yeah. Whereas, you know, sometimes you can get into a, uh, even in the, in the corporate or in the military, you can get into a position where it's kind of like you're just stagnant and no matter, no matter what you do, you can't go higher course you can always do something to get in trouble to get lower yeah yeah. but you know at some at sometimes you get to a position where it's just like what do I do now I'm just sitting here waiting and I always I always hated that part of the military and the corporate the corporate space yeah because it was like I feel like I'm a person that's like constantly growing and constantly Mm -hmm. wanting to learn and constantly wanting to evolve well if you're, in that, if you're in that kind of setting, like you know, corporate or military, there's parameters that you can't, go, you can't go past. There's red tape you can't pass. Unless they say so. Mm-hmm. With entrepreneurship, it's not like that. It's like, whatever you want, you can go get as long as you go get it.
1: Facts. You talk about entrepreneurship like, a lot of times single people talk about it, where it's like, entrep- whatever you build is your baby. And then right. you get to see it like crawl, and then you get to see it walk and stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, do you also have kids?
0: yes got yeah, you yeah. so
1: and i know we talked a little bit about it but um <clears throat> how would you compare because you just talked about it and mm-hmm. i resonated from like my baby my my business is my baby but how mm-hmm. would you compare fatherhood to like you starting your business fresh
0: mm, that's a good question <laughs> um it's very similar i guess it's similar in the aspect in the aspect that You know, your 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 child, you want to rear them as best as you can and you want them to be as successful as possible. Mm -hmm. And the same thing with your entrepreneur, baby, you want you want to give everything to it and um, give everything you can to it and see it prosper and see it succeed. And and of course, also, you want it to bring you some good results, whether that be from a child, a good result of me being proud uh, of my, my my children doing something that that's awesome and great and just something that a father would be proud of and then also you know entrepreneurship is um you know seeing that the monetary return or the even just the return of you seeing that you can do something you can accomplish something that you really never thought you could
2: yeah
0: and I've I've recently started to see that um in the past couple years since I've been an entrepreneur it's just kind of you know you never really think you can do something and then you do it you're like dang I did that it's like, man, that's was, that was pretty dope. Yeah. Like I did a um I um I work a lot with, with children, so I'm a youth football coach and nice. I'm a high school football coach. Okay. And so um a couple of years ago I started a league, uh, was was flag and seven oh seven from ages five to fourteen years old. Okay. And, you know, I've been in the in the youth football space for a while, since like twenty thirteen. My kid, my kids were playing football, and so I bought them out there and then I became kinda Intertwined in all of it, right? And so I, I was like, man, I can, um, you know, provide the kids with this league, and they can play flag in 707, and you know, um, set it all up. So I'm, I'm doing it. I'm planning it, you know, hours and hours, days and days, months and months, weeks and weeks. And um, you know, the first tournament comes, and I'm out there, and it's like probably like 1,500 people out there, and I'm just like, wow, I did that
1: are you still trying to get a leg up on your entrepreneurial career now I told you about the morning meetup the community that was created for the betterment of entrepreneurship and we are cooking up some really cool things now here's the thing if you join today you can actually get in for 60% of the original price so if you join today all you have to do is download the app and I provided the link below so that you can join us we have community we have a book club and it's the largest group that meets every single day Monday through Friday at 8 a.m. to literally get ahead start on entrepreneurship so if you're still trying to grow you don't know what your business is gonna be but you know you want to be an entrepreneur this is the community for you so check out the morning meetup click the link below download the app and join us today
0: and it was like it was but for me it was like confirmation like okay this is something you can do yeah and so the first year like we had uh, maybe like 40 something teams the next year we had, we we more than doubled. so this was last year so this is my third season so the second season we did, we had like 86 teams. And so this is our third year, and right now we're projecting to be over 100 teams.
1: Are you serious? Yeah,
0: so it's growing, that's that's growing exponentially.
1: <laughs> now the growth is lit, but the yeah. mindset shift from the moment you're able to create something, and put it out into the world, Right. I feel like that's what a lot of us resonate, like yeah. entrepreneurs resonate with. Yeah. So if we take it back, before you were an entrepreneur, mm-hmm. before you were a petty officer, mm-hmm when you were younger and kind of like figuring it out i'm not even sure where you want to start in terms of like how you when did you start thinking about a career in a sense like okay i gotta get a job
0: uh yeah uh, so i was adopted Hmm. so uh my uncle and my aunt kind of um they they adopted me and brought me down to atlanta i was living in new york at the time i was in group homes and foster homes and um, detention centers and things like that. So how
1: old were you when you were adopted? Uh thirteen. Okay, gotcha.
0: Thirteen, yeah. Mm-hmm. So when I came here and then I uh graduated I went I came here as a as a sophomore in high school. So I did tenth, eleventh and twelfth grade in at Morrow, Morrow High School. Nice, nice. So um so yeah, so before I was adopted, I was I was living in the hood. I was in the project. So it was never, you know, I was doing things I wasn't supposed to be doing, you know, hustling whatever to make a dollar, right? So at that, you know, that mindset was totally different from when I was brought to Atlanta. Uh, My aunt and uncle, like I said, adopted me. And for the first time I had like a house to live in, my own room. Mm -hmm. And for the first time I had like a father figure in my life, a a mother figure in my life, my, my siblings, and it was like a real family habitat. And so I saw what it was like to be a father, a husband, a, br- a sibling. Yeah. You know, so and my my dad, my uncle, who I consider my dad now. Um, he he did twenty years in the army. Okay. So he retired from the army, um, and he was a um, sergeant major in the army. He actually worked um, in the Pentagon. So he used to work for the for the chief of staff. So he was oh. real. Leadership he was level. up there. Yeah. He mm-hmm. was up there. He was, did all the he did he did it work.
1: Gosh. Gotcha.
0: Um. And you know, now that I'm thinking about it, it's funny because. And I don't even think I've thought about this before when we're talking about the transition. Well, my father, when he, when he retired from the army, then he went to corporate. Mm. And so I did the same thing. Natural right?
1: progression, <laughs> listen.
0: I didn't even think of, I never thought about that before. It's but crazy
1: how that happened.
0: Yeah, so he did IT, he, was an, he worked in IT mm-hmm. um, in the army, retired, and then he became um, one of the first black vice presidents at Chick-fil-A corporate headquarters.
1: Really, mm-hmm. in Atlanta? In Atlanta. Okay, got gotcha. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Duh.
0: Off oh, of uh, mm-hmm, Road. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Wow.
1: So he was like one VP of, the, of what?
0: VP. Uh, so he was the vice pres. Uh, he was in charge of the call center. Okay. So whatever, if you if anybody called, like if your cash register was messing up, or your computers are messing up, or your anything IT wise, yeah. all around the nation, Chick Fil A's, he ran the call center for That's that dope. At here in Atlanta.
1: That's dope.
0: So and he did that for years.
1: Mm-hmm. Um, so when you think about it, growing up. Do you feel like you went into the military because like off of straight influence or do you think that's what he um, wanted you to do and impressed um, on you?
0: It was, yeah, so so that was a big part of it. Like, um, you know, um, at the time I was tired of school. I was like, I don't wanna go to school no more. I didn't wanna go to college. And um, I was like, I gotta do something else. So I was, I, initially I was gonna go to um, the art institute to be a chef. I nice. wanted to be a chef and um just one day a navy recruiter called me and was like hey what do you plan on doing after you graduate and i was like well i'm gonna go to the art institute i want to be a chef uh blah blah blah, blah. And he was like well you know you know we, we'll send you to school for free and you know this and that and i was like "Hmm." and then of course my, my dad had been in the military for 20 years so i'm like you know let me try it gotcha and so i tried it and and, and joined and um I Ended up doing ten years, and it was it was fun. I traveled the world, um, I've seen the world, I've been on every continent except Antarctica, so mm-hmm. I was able to step foot on every continent. Except
1: Nobody Antarctica. is really in Antarctica, though, right? Nobody else, <laughs> as far as we know. <laughs> right? It, you yeah, know, yeah, you right, know right. how you know? Yeah,
0: there's conspiracy theories mm-hmm. now out there, but yeah, yeah, I've never. I don't know who's
1: out there. Got you. So when it comes yeah. to like, so I'm from a background where what was taught to me was, like, people go to to the military when they don't have options, Mm -hmm. and I don't know a lot of people who, like, were second-generation military, right? Mm -hmm. I know a lot of people who were, like, escaping the the life that they lived.
2: Yeah. So, like,
1: from your perspective, did you see the military, how did you see it? Like, okay, I'm going to get in there, I'm going to climb the ranks, or I need this because of those free perks, you know, like, I I get to go to the, get the...
0: Yeah, um, no, I kind of, I kind of... Like I said, part of it was an ode to my father. Like, kind of mm-hmm. like I want to kind of continue this going on. Um, part of it was, I didn't really know what I wanted to do. I wasn't escaping anything though. Mm-hmm. But um, once I got in, like I had this, I had this real big uh, thing. I wanted to be a Navy SEAL, right? So I'm like, I'm gonna be a Navy SEAL. I was in shape. I was like, you know, I was like, I'm, do- I'm about to be a Navy SEAL. About to go like play Call of Duty in real life. Like. <laughs> and um, <laughs> so I get the boot camp. And um, you know, when you when you're in boot camp and you tell them that you wanna be a Navy SEAL, they send you to this like other uh like a like an extra training that you do. So after you're doing all the crazy stuff you're doing during boot camp, yeah. they send you to like this other training to get you ready to go to school for the SEALs, right? And in this thing you gotta do just weird crazy stuff like tread water for like an hour and yeah. like it's like just do group activities and do a lot of running and push ups mm. and sit ups and all this kind of stuff. And then a lot of it's in the water too, because they want you to be able to be, you know, be able to survive in the water and, you know, things like that. So, um, and I always thought I was a good swimmer, but then I was like doing all that stuff. I was like, man, I don't like this as much as I thought I like I would
2: mm-hmm. like,
0: and not not the like the shape part, not being in shape part about it. Cause I felt like that was good. It was more like the water part for me and I'm a real good swimmer, but we had, they had us doing some crazy stuff. Yeah. And I was <laughs> like, I thought I was gonna die. <laughs>
1: But I was going to ask you, right before you went through the the details, Mm -hmm. what's the difference between, like, a Navy SEAL and, like, a Marine? Uh, And then, like, as you start talking about the training, it sounds even closer and closer and closer. Nah,
0: so the Navy SEALs are the most elite fighting force in the world. Mm. Like, they're... Like, like, when you're a Navy SEAL, you're, like, the top of the top. There's only, like, I don't know, like, 3% of people, like, in the world can be... Like, have made it to be a Navy SEAL. Oh, wow. It's, It's, like, the top... Like you have like um, like the Army has its special forces, which is the green Berets, um, the uh, the Marines has their special forces, which is uh I don't know what it's called. I don't know,
1: mm-hmm. And then and the, the
0: Navy's, the Navy's special forces is the SEALs.
1: And the, and in terms of, this might be getting too deep into the weeds, but in terms of like the ASVAB, mm-hmm. when you score the highest, like is the Navy the highest or is the Air Force Air the Force highest? Air Force is the highest.
0: Yeah, the highest requirement, right? <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. The highest requirement I believe is the Air Force.
1: Got you. Yeah. But the Navy SEALs is the highest of the highest in terms of,
0: res- in terms of. Like what they do, like um, like for instance, the people who caught Bin Laden, mm, Navy SEALs.
2: Okay. The
0: people who go on all these secret missions and doing like they so secret you don't even know what they be doing because they maybe <laughs> be out there just
1: yeah. yeah. So
0: I was like, I'm gonna be a Navy SEAL and blah blah blah. And nah.
1: And you made the decision not to, so it was the water.
0: Yeah, that was the big part. I, I, I just remember. Being in class or this extra training session, and it was like four of us and we had to, we're treading water in like this deep pool. Mm-hmm. You can't touch the bottom. It's like 13 feet. Mm-hmm. And we had a cinder block in the middle of us. It was four of us. And we had to just tread water holding this cinder block. I, it seemed like hours. Mm-hmm. It probably wasn't hours. But at the time I was like, I'm going to die. Yeah. Like, I was like, yeah, I, I can't do it no more.
1: Gotcha. So
0: I was just like, yeah. But, and then they tell you like, if you can't pass this, like you're not going to pass this, the the... Actual Navy SEAL school that you got to go to which is called BUDS basic underwater demolition school okay after boot camp mm-hmm. so this is like where you got to go through all kind of crazy stuff but really a lot of the things that you do to become a SEAL it's probably like 99.9 percent mental so at that time I was just like a young hothead like man I'm not doing this like you know
1: so technically the mental, you weren't necessarily mentally prepared. I
0: wasn't, I wasn't mentally prepared at all. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
1: When you, when you think about like, so not even think about what, 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 was it like to like, you built up this momentum to go towards being a Navy SEAL. Mm-hmm. So now that you decide I don't want to do it anymore, how did you get, get off of the, the train track? You just
0: tell them you don't want to do it anymore. And they're just like, cool. because you have, yeah. Cause I mean, they, they know that people are going to say they want to do it and they're not going to cut it. So I just didn't cut it. Like, and that's, like I said, it's like 3% of people do cut it. So it's like, for them, it's like, it weeds people. It's
1: expected. It's people,
0: yeah, it's expected. Mm. People weed themselves out. Okay. Some people make it to, you know, bud school and don't make it through bud school mm-hmm. because it's too intense or whatever the case may be. But, um, but they, they like I said, it's expected.
1: So, I got you. Yeah, okay. Yeah. So you decide you didn't want to do it and you're getting ready to do another pivot. So your first pivot so like how what did you decide to do and and then like how far along um, in your military journey were you before you decided to not go to, to the navy seals
0: well the seat well so that's this boot camp right so this is i had just joined the military oh
1: so this is like not during, even you don't even have a pick a track a track yet
0: well what i had picked my, my track was to be a chef i took my asvab a cook a cook in the navy okay. so i took my asvab um i scored really good on my asvab mm-hmm. if i would have known i didn't know anything about the military back then besides going but if I'd have known, I probably would have joined the Air Force, honestly. Because I, I had a, a really good score in the ASVAB, and, and I probably could have cho- chosen any other job
2: yeah,
0: than to be a cook, mm-hmm. right? But I was like, I, I was set on my mind, like, I want to be a chef, and blah, 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 I'm going to oppress women, and all this <laughs> stuff. Like, I, was, I had it all, it was all I'm glad out. you shared it, too. <laughs> <her. laughs> the
1: like, motivation. Was, yeah,
0: it was all, oh, yeah, oh, yeah. I was a loving boy. I but got uh, So I was like, um, you know, I, I wanted to be a cook or whatever. So I joined Navy. So during boot camp is when they like you're in boot camp for 8 weeks. So that's when they send you to the training because right after boot camp if you want to be a SEAL, that's when you go to basic under. That's when you go to bud school. Yeah. So they prepare you during boot camp. So like I said, while you're doing all your crazy stuff for boot camp, you also have to be preparing for SEAL Seals. school, mm-hmm, right? Mm-hmm. So so that was pretty that was Early in the beginning, where I was like, ah, "I'm not gonna do this." Okay. So, um, finished boot camp and then went to school um, in San Antonio, uh, um, the culinary school.
1: Okay. You finished. You finished boot camp, mm-hmm. and then you were stationed in San Antonio. In no, the I no, I wasn't stationed.
0: No, so I was sent to San Antonio for school. So, before you get stationed somewhere, you got to learn your job. Okay. So, boot camp is like your initial um introduction to the military like you're getting all your shots you're getting all your uniforms you're getting all your everything you know you're, you're you're getting your physical fitness ready making sure you're good with all of that and all the you know you're learning how to march and you're learning all the
2: mm-hmm.
0: it's like in how doc. to be yeah how yeah. to be in the military yeah, yeah. yeah. you're learning the, <laughs> the creed and the, the rules and all this stuff you're learning gotcha so then once you're done with that then you have to go learn your job so ask, that's called a school. So after I would, you know, after boot camp, I went to a school, which was in Lackland Air Force Base in San Antonio, and that was maybe like I don't know six weeks or something like that. And it's just kind of like a crash course on um, cooking and garnish and um, food safety, um, that kind of stuff.
1: Nice. So it kind of is on the chef chefy side.
0: It, you no, know, it's on the chefy side, but I mean. Mm-hmm. I it, 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 you know I got better through the years and I actually went to chef school to like get my chef degree or mm-hmm. certification.
1: What would you say the difference in like what you learn in the military chef school versus mm-hmm. like in your true like culinary arts certification?
0: The the amount of people you cook for. Okay. So like cooking for like cooking for like two people for dinner is so much more like you can be so much more extravagant and precise and you know just it you know, but when you're cooking for, when you're in the navy and you're on a ship and there's 300 people on your ship, and you got to cook for 300 people. And it's you like, thaw <laughs> thaw <laughs> thaw <laughs> thaw <laughs> exactly, <laughs> a big pot like that. And, you know, it's like so that the style is different. Like cooking for a lot of people versus cooking for, you know, an intimate setting of people or one person or you know, a family. Let's say a family, mm, a single family,
2: mm-hmm.
0: single house family. Yeah. Um, you know, it's just it's just totally different. So. Mm. Um, so, yeah, I, you know, after school, after uh, my A school in, in San Antonio, um, I got stationed in Honolulu, Hawaii. Nice. So I was on a ship in Hawaii and I was there for five years.
1: Gotcha. Did you get a chance to cook for both um, large audiences and small audiences?
0: Yes, because I, I actually got really good at cooking and like my, so I got, um, I became a personal chef to an admiral. Nice. Yeah, so I, w- I kind of got taken off of the ship that I was working on. Mm-hmm. And I, I became like a personal chef to Admiral of the uh, South, What's he the South Pacific, I think? Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and his name was Admiral Alexander, good guy. So, um, you know, I used to cook for him and he used to, so he used to host, when you're an Admiral, you host like a lot of like foreign dignitaries and um, celebrities and um, all kind of like these nice, lavish luncheons and dinners and. Banquets and stuff. So yeah. I did a lot of that stuff.
1: Is that an appointed position, or did they like say, "Oh, we need Brandon"? Like, he- yes,
0: yeah. So, so what happened was, um, uh, I can't remember how it exactly happened, but I, I, I met this guy that was the admiral chef at the time, mm-hmm. and he was throwing a banquet for I think it was like the Japanese Navy or something like that, mm-hmm. and he, he asked for some people to help. I volunteered to help. And went from then on, it was kind of, Admiral Alexander met me, his wife met me, and then his wife kind of requested that I come back and help. So after that banquet, it was like, his wife wanted me to come like help with that stuff. So I would like, anytime there was a function or anything like that, they would call me and we would do like these big spreads and just, you know, just, and in Hawaii, everything is like flowers and luau's and um, you know, the necklaces and yeah, the hula girls. Yeah, yeah. It was five. Lays. Yeah, lays, yeah. Mm-hmm. And fire people and all that kind of stuff. So we would do like banquets like that, and it was dope.
1: That's cool. Um, so, so at this point, it doesn't like people's biggest fear of going to the military is like the war part. How yeah, far is know. like war from your mind in this in this world? No way. You weren't. Thi- <laughs> you just living. <laughs>
0: no, it's, a, it's it's like a regular <laughs> job. Like it was like a regular nine to five job with the ability. the, the I mean, it's like, it was like a nine to five job. I mean, yeah. I mean, I can't even, I mean, they did. We, we, you know, I can't, I can say we worked a lot. Like I worked hours and hours. Like I remember there were times we were going through like inspections and stuff mm-hmm. where we would have to work like 18 hour days. It was crazy. Like we, ugh, those days suck. But mm-hmm. you know, and then being like, when you're on deployment on the ship out to sea, like I've been like out to sea for like 78 days straight, no land in sight.
2: And it's
0: just like a floating prison. It's like, you wake up, you work, to eat, try to work out, try to have a little bit of fun somewhere, but it's yeah. like, you can't go anywhere. Yeah, yeah. You go on the boat. It's ocean. You say
1: a floating prison, and, and you know how much people love um, um, cruises? Yeah, yeah, I hate, I, not that I hate yeah. cruises, but like, I kind of feel like if I had to wake up every day on the same boat, yeah. go to the same front or the back of the boat, and <laughs> go back to my little room. I think I. Would. But see,
0: I like the cruises that take you to different places. Like I've only been, I've only been on, I think maybe two cruises, mm-hmm. and then both of them went to the Bahamas. But there's cruises you can go on like that'll take you like to a bunch of different five port. different yeah, locations. Yeah, right. yeah. yeah. And I, I want, I would like to try that. So like these, like in the in the Navy on these deployments, like I I went to like islands and like Fiji and. Uh, Mauritius and Seychelles and like islands you people don't ever even hear of but they're like gorgeous Mm. like just yeah like that
1: makes me want to join the navy just because (laughs) like
0: it was like yeah i've been to some beautiful like places and like places in the philippines like not even a lot of people there and malaysia and thailand and Mm -hmm. singapore hong kong everywhere australia like i'm sorry but i've got i've got to, like i said i've got to see a lot of different places and that was probably the best thing that i can take saying that i that i experienced in the military was the amount of places i've got to see the amount of the different cultures i've been exposed to and understanding like it was it was crazy because we'd be in we would go our, our job like when we would go would be, you go out in a group, like all, all these ships go out in a group, right? And it's to show them the might of the Navy, Got right? It. Mm-hmm. So it's like a show of power, but the ships break off and they go to different ports and they they do like humanitarian efforts and like help. We helped, uh, you know, build desks for classrooms and help paint churches and stuff like We'd help, yeah. we'd, we'd get off and help and do stuff like that. And, um, but you would go to like some of these countries and some of these places Beautiful, beautiful places, island nations, and whatever. And you'd see the people living in huts, barefoot, always smiling on their face, mm. like always happy. And so I'm, you know, I'm always thinking to myself, like, man, I got to get back to America. I got to worry about these bills. I got to worry about this. Make sure my credit's good. I got to mm-hmm. make sure about, blah, blah, blah. you know, all this stuff is taken care of. I'm like these people living on this island, and ain't got no shoes. Yeah, living in a hut. Kids running around just joyous. Everybody's joyous. just joyous. That's like, a great way.
1: To like
0: like just like not a care in the world. Like this is how they live. Like they, they gotta to work to eat. Or maybe they got a farm or a little farm and maybe they got a goat or a couple animals. Hmm. But like they're happy, genuine happiness. Not like fake I'm putting on this fake smile to be happy like this. They're they're genuinely happy. Or you're maybe,
1: materialistic
0: happy. Oh or materialistic happy, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. So it's just like the happiness is not in what they had, like what, what they possess. Mm-hmm. It's like in, it's just in themselves and like their family. And it was a different kind, it was a different vibe for me, like a whole different, like an eye opening experience for me. Cause at this time I'm like 18, 19 years old, I'm young. Yeah. So I'm experiencing the world and I'm like, man, this is crazy
1: it's like you I, you don't even know like now that if you knew what you know now you don't even know what you're seeing mm-hmm. so because I, I, I was gonna, what I was going to ask you is or what I was going to say I realized on one end you're, you're giving dinner to the admiral mm-hmm. right in this very high position and then you also get a chance to see life on the other side of the spectrum right. so it's like you're getting this very grounded exposure in a yeah. way that a lot of 18 year olds don't get a chance to do that Right. and you stayed there for 10 years. 10 years so like over the last over the 10 years that you were there was mm-hmm. everything essentially like those three parts? Like cook for the Admiral, life on the boat, get exposure to so. Like the-
0: so the first, my first five years, I was in um, in Hawaii, mm-hmm. stationed on a ship. It was uh, Reuben James, mm-hmm. and then I got stationed in Jacksonville, Florida, on another boat um, in Mayport, Florida, which is Jacksonville, Florida, just down the bay on the bay side of it. Okay. and um, so I was there for maybe two years on that second ship and then after after that my ship time was done and so i I went to shore duty okay so that's when i went to naval air station jacksonville and i worked on the base galley so they had a like you know uh, a base kitchen like chow hall i was gonna ask yeah yeah yeah. so like where the like anybody that's on the base like stationed on the base Mm -hmm. where they come eat during the day okay so like all the officers all the enlisted everybody comes there and eats and um and we so we had two places. We had the, the, the base kitchen, and then we had, like, the, the, the barracks, which is, like, where everybody lives at.
2: Mm-hmm. Which is,
0: like, it's like a, a hotel, pretty much, with rooms where everybody lives on okay. base. Mm-hmm. You know it, unless you have a family, you live out in town, and this and that. And I had, like, I had my son, and so I had my own apartment in town. You had
1: your son at this point.
0: Yeah, so I, I had my son. My son was born. I was 21. So okay. Yeah, so that was
1: was it to you know Filipino hotty toddy
0: no that's funny lot. so my it. my 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 first son's mother we met uh, i would known her from, from New York from like when we were kids mm-hmm. and like her family knew my family it was like you know it was a
1: it was already yeah, it was just, you guys yeah. were friends and then you guys ended up okay yeah, got you
0: yeah, and it's, yeah. so
1: So you had your son mm-hmm. and you went from cooking for the admiral to cooking in the galleys right. back to like mass, mass meal well
0: kind of what happened was so it was funny so after I left Hawaii and I went to the boat in Jacksonville then I got to uh, the shore duty on Jacksonville um, I was I was at some some like function on base and guess what I see
2: admiral Admiral alexander yeah and his
0: wife and they're like now they had moved from hawaii now he's the admiral of southeast the southeast region so basically the boss here and he's like i need you to so i started doing the same thing yeah okay so you didn't even have
1: to worry about how, how, how long were you doing the galleys
0: um before before you came? Yeah. Uh, maybe, I don't know, maybe a year or something like that. I can't remember. Did you
1: hate it or was it was it like
0: uh, yeah, it's I cool. mean yeah, it was just it was just a, it's just a job. Okay. Like it's just a job. Like it's just um, you know, it's cooking and at that time I was like I had made rank pretty fast, so I was e E five at the time, so I was like middle management. I was like um not like a se- I was a manager, basically. Okay. I wasn't like a senior manager, but I was like a manager. Got you. If you were to equate it to like corporate
1: yeah and i think that's important right. so like when you think about it middle management okay what skill like you did it for 10 years and, and mm-hmm. you got it, you went from you know Am- admiral to mass and then back mm-hmm. to the admiral which was like save. well mm-hmm. i guess it wasn't even like save me because you were pretty cool where you were at yeah going through that process starting mm-hmm. at 18 and mm-hmm. being 28 when you left what's like some of the biggest things that you learned about yourself being in that role
0: how to deal with people, um, how to deal with, um, how to be customer service oriented, um, leadership on you know how to get people to do kind of what you need them to do, and because um, you know at that time like you become a manager, I might, I might have been a manager at twenty, and I'm managing people who are eighteen, nineteen, right? So mm-hmm. they're still kids. We're all kids, uh, right? Right? So we're all still kids, but it's like. So they still are doing stuff like slacking off and, you know, whatever. So it's like, you know, how do you bring them together and get them to, you know, accomplish this common goal? And, you know, for a long time, like my, my mentor, when I first came in, good friend of mine, still a really good friend of mine, um, like he he was like a jerk. Like if I made something that wasn't good, he'd be like, "What is this crap?" and he would like throw it and like
1: the whole hell's kitchen. Yeah,
0: he like yeah, but, it, it, and, but he's black and he's this big Jamaican dude. Gotcha. Right? Say, what is this crap? He throw like my stuff on the floor, but like, yo, man, like, <laughs> chill out. Yeah. <up>. Sake <laughs> <man, yeah. laughs> <laughs> so, it easy. Yeah, and uh, but it <laughs> like it gave me like a whole like I don't. I don't it gave me the mentality to not put out no nonsense. Okay. Like, so everything that I did, like, people would love it. And I think that's how I got started working for the Admiral because I got recommended to this guy, like, yo, this, you know, this is one of our good, you know, cooks here on the boat. He does really good work. Blah, blah, blah. Take him, you know, kind of groom him under your wing. And it was funny because after when I started doing the, the, uh, the Admiral, working for the Admiral again in Jacksonville, is when I got sent to culinary school from the military because they, okay. now they like, yo, you, are doing this, we're gonna send you to school.
1: Gotcha. So they
0: actually sent me and paid for me to go get my culinary certification. So I'm actually a certified chef de cuisine, which is like a step under an executive chef.
1: Really? Yeah. And in the civilian world, what does that translate to?
0: That's what the translate. That's, that's civilian. Oh. I went to civilian school.
1: And so you could do, you could have done that when you when you left. Right. But you I could
0: have done that. But no, they paid for me to do it while I was in.
1: Mm. So
0: like it was free for me. And it was first coast, first coast technical college, first, first coast technical Institute. I got my chef certification. And when, when I got my chef certification, the master chief that was running like that program recommended that I go, um, interview to be Joe Biden at the time was the vice president to go interview, to be Joe Biden's personal chef. And so I went and submitted my package and all that. I was like, at this point, I was like, yo, I'm about to be the greatest, like, black chef in the world. Yeah. Like, and I'm about to have all the women. And like, you know, <laughs> this it's, is the
1: second time you mentioned women. <laughs> Listen, I got to see your vision boy because you got you somewhere in there. You, you got a picture yeah. <laughs> of like these, This like a group of women.
0: Yo, it was, I was like, yo, I'm, I, 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 if, as David, he'll tell you. Like, I called him like, yo, I'm about to go interview for Joe Biden. And I'm telling my uncle and my dad and I'm telling everybody, like, I'm about to go interview for Joe Biden. And um, at the time, at the time, it was crazy because my son, um, he was living with his mother at the time. She was living in North Carolina. Mm -hmm. And um, um, he uh, he was like, his behavior was kind of starting to act up a little bit. And um, I was missing a lot of stuff. Like, I was missing his birthdays. I was missing Christmas. I was just missing stuff. And, um, so I went to go interview for the Joe Biden job and they were telling me, you know, he has, uh, four personal chefs that are at work with him, right. For him. And, um, basically it's like, you'll be expected to be out of the country for like about 15 days out of the month. Okay. So like half of the month you're going to be gone. Cause Joe Biden, vice president does a lot of traveling and, yeah. um, you know, um, what do you call it? Uh, like just traveling and talking to all these other leaders while the president kind of, he does too, but it's kind of, he's more at home he's at home more than the the vice president got
1: you okay i didn't know that and i'm realizing Mm. we got a whole four years and Mm -hmm. then that brings us to like that's eight years though that's not 12 years ago between like the last when was what year was this because i'm realizing i
0: joined joined the military in 2004 okay so this is for five, six, seven, eight, nine maybe 11, 2011, 2010, 11. Mm -hmm. So what's that? Maybe nine years ago, something like that.
1: I got you, yeah. Yeah, yeah, nine, 10 years ago. Okay.
0: So, um. They
1: tell you you're gonna have to move around, vice president, Yeah, so yeah,
0: so they're like, um, you know, there's four of y'all, you're gonna be out of the country up to 15 days out of the month. Mm -hmm. And then when you're in CONUS, like when you're here um, in DC, you're on call 24 seven. So to me, it was like, oh man like i'm gonna be away from my son more and i just kept thinking about it i kept thinking about it kept thinking about it and i was like i don't know and at this and it so i got offered the job and then to to get it i would have had to re-enlist for like another four years or six years or something like that and i was just like i remember when i was i was i was standing outside and i came uh into the barracks where i was working and I told my boss, she just, she just passed away recently. Her name was Miss Nix. Real, real nice lady. We all loved her. Condolences. And um, I was like, Miss Nix, I just had an epiphany. She was like, What epiphany? Black, you know, she was like our black mama bear. <laughs> she, and she was a civilian, but she was over the barracks. She was a GS 13, like a government service
1: Got you. worker. Yeah. And
0: so I was like, I had an epiphany, Miss Nix. She was like, What? I was like, I'm getting out. She was like, No, you're not. I was like, I'm getting out. And nobody would believe me. Everybody was like, ah, no way. Like, you stay, you, you're you halfway there. Like, why would you, because after 20 years. I was going to say. You retire, you get your pension. You yeah. get blah, 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 all this. And I'm like, I, I gotta, I gotta, I can't do it no more. And it wasn't like, it was, it was, it, it was like a lot of things at once. It was like the stuff with my son, um, me feeling kind of, you know, um, kind of resent resentful of military life and like how they um how you can get stuck in one place until it's time until they say you can move up yeah. okay now you can move up oh, not, not too much though not too fast just take one step stay right there just wait that's how i felt i was being handled gotcha. and i felt like i'm like i'm doing all this stuff and if i would have went to the if i took the joe biden job i probably would have advanced much much faster right but mm-hmm. Um, like I said, at the time I was like, man, I need to spend more time with my son. And I'm like, so I just, I decided to get out.
1: But before that you had that feeling. So before the, the Joe Biden job, Mm -hmm. what was, what, what was an instance that said, okay, well I could move up, but they want me to stay right here. Like, was it working for the admiral for a little longer than you needed to?
0: No, it was just kind of like, that's how the military is. Like, Mm -hmm. um, like you can, so in order to advance in the military, in the Navy anyway, you have to take a test. And then you have to have a, a performance evaluation that is better than the rest of the people in the Navy. Like, okay. not in the Navy, but um, like they only have a certain amount of slots that they can allow advancement for in okay. the total Navy.
1: Okay.
0: In your job. So, like, let's just say my job as a cook, right? And I, at the time I was an E5, I wanted to make it to E6, which is first class petty officer, which is like senior manager. Right. So I want to, now I'm, I'm manager, I'm managing my group of people or whatever, my, my, my stuff. And I want to now become like the senior manager. And then above the senior manager, you got like the VP and then the, you know, stuff Mm -hmm, like that. mm -hmm. So I want to be a senior manager, but they're like, well, you can't take the test yet because you got to do this amount of time first. Unless you get an evaluation, a, a performance evaluation that says you can, um, take it early, okay. right? So anyway, it's just all this it's
1: kind I understand. of red tape. Yeah, red, red tape, red tape, bureaucracy around yes. your career moves So now yeah. I'm starting to understand it. And just a, a quick connection, you do a really good job of like explaining the the roles in the military and mm. then also translating them yeah. to like the civilian world. Mm. Before you actually made that leap, though, were you very clear on no. like how to explain your job to the civilian? Nah.
0: Nah, I what learned that it. like? I learned it all. So it was, so when I decided I was going to get out of the military yeah. mm-hmm. and I knew that I was getting out, like I had all my ducks in a row. I went to like these classes because they, the military will give you like, um, like a farewell, like farewell classes, like what to, because they know a lot of people come into the military, they come in as a kid. Like you don't know civilian life at right. all. Yeah. Yeah. Like, so you got to get adjusted to everything. And a lot of, <clears throat> a lot of, um people that do get out like don't succeed or they, they struggle really bad and but they, they it's just there's so many programs that the military has to help you. Yeah. And to me, like if, if people don't if people get out the military and they don't succeed, like they just they didn't language. use yeah they didn't mm. use what they had because mm-hmm. military they give you like all these classes, mm. all these resources. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the fact that you have this military experience when you're going into the civilian sector, it's like you have experience at so for me, I've got mid level yes. management experience And you're in like mid twenties, yes. Right. And I'm twenty five years old. Uh-huh. Right. So I'm like, so so if I'm yeah. a twenty five year old coming out of college mm-hmm. I've got way more OJ on the job training than this regular college kid that's coming out of 24, 25.
1: Yes. Right? It's just that if you don't know how to spend it, then you get lost in the you, sauce. You get lost
0: in the sauce. So, mm-hmm. it was, um, so I remember I was, getting, I was working nights at the barracks. So I was working overnights and just checking people in and out of the barracks or whatever. Mm-hmm. And all night I would just be on a computer filling out resumes. I mean, filling out uh, applications, mm-hmm. submitting my resume, mm-hmm. boom, 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 just everywhere. And I left the military on a Friday. Like that was my last day. It was like Friday, May something, mm-hmm, right? Mm-hmm. I left the military Friday. I had a job starting on Monday.
1: You already had your job at, lined up
0: at the W Midtown as a banquet chef.
1: Let's go. So
0: I um I, I was working at as the a banquet chef at the W Midtown Atlanta. I was doing like bri- uh, bridal parties, br- uh, birthday part, big corporate. I was doing now i'm like a civilian chef like yeah. i'm really yeah. like doing it yeah and then um so the, the issue that happened with that was i had told the guy the, the executive chef at the time that i wanted i was going to be starting school soon and um so he was like oh it's okay we'll work around your schedule this and that so okay, I was like i was like okay so i started school well i got my schedule for school i'm going to clark atlanta university right nice. and um So i bring my schedule back to the chef i'm like look chef you know this is i'm gonna be in school in the morning time from like nine to i don't know two o'clock or something like that boom i can come back i can come here and work well what if i need you for this and that i'm like you told me that you was going to work around my schedule like uh, here's my schedule yeah i'm bringing it to you yeah (laughs) and he's like i don't know if i don't he's like i might need you for this you know he's like you know how our schedule gets and this and that and i was like I was like, you can just have me work these set hours at nighttime, you know, and I can prep, you know, all the stuff that you guys will need during and the daytime. day. Any daytime banquets. Mm-hmm. And you know, we had nighttime banquets as well. So it's like, I'll be there for those.
1: Yeah, yeah. But
0: I can prep for the ones that are during the day. You know, you can have these these not big luncheons or anything like that. I'm and like, b- I can prep.
1: Before this,
0: you were doing the full shift. Yeah, I was doing well, I mean, I was I was doing it like um yeah, I was I don't know if I was on like hourly or was I I was on salary. So I was like, I was like per I was doing whatever banquet we needed I was working Gotcha. that banquet like so you you were
1: around when he wanted you around correct got you and he was like oh I'm gonna have to right Mm -hmm. right so Mm -hmm. he's like
0: now I got to put you on this set I'm like well this is I I told you about this and he was like "Um, well I don't know if that's gonna work and I was like well I don't think it's gonna work either so um, I stopped working at the W and then I was just a full-time college student
1: (sighs) that's not the full-time college student might be life but i was thinking about your your journey like applying 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 and then you get a job
2: mm-hmm.
1: how many like how long did it take for you to apply not
0: long
1: dang there was there it was, was because of the programs
0: yes that's what i was about to say because there's like you can go uh, they have like these websites that you can go on mm-hmm. like hirevets.com and um just uh, there's so many things that like you just put your resume in there and they send it out to all these companies that are looking for somebody who is in the military who has military experience because you're gonna have a certain, certain, unless you're just a total dirt bag of a person, you're gonna pick up some things in the military. Mm -hmm. You're gonna be orderly, you're gonna be on time, you're gonna be respectful, they know you're gonna be shaved and, well kept and you know i'm saying just Mm -hmm.
1: that's just the because that's what
0: you do in the military you wake up you mm -hmm. shave you you make you can't come you can't have braids you can't have as a man Mm -hmm. you can't have you know just different hairstyles you're gonna be fit they know you're gonna be on time there's just certain things that you get from a person who's been in the military especially a person that's been there for 10 years yeah you pick up some things you can't not like i said unless you're just a total
1: he said dirt, dirt man. Dirt <laughs> yeah,
0: like you know. some,
1: and then I think you probably would have you would have gotten kicked, kicked out before out, right. 10 years. Exactly. So you are a full-time college student. Full-time grown college man. Student. Grown you know, man. I'm like mine.
0: 20 I'm like 26, 27 maybe. Yeah. So <laughs> I'm in college, right? And um I'm like all, everybody's like 18,
2: 19. <laughs> right?
0: So I'm like uncle big. Mm-hmm. So I'm like holding study sessions and I'm like, <laughs> I'm like the, the dude like that's in the class, sitting in the front of the class with my, gr- my glasses, like right, down, yes. raising my hair for <laughs> everything. I'm like,
1: yeah, 4.0. Funny thing is you didn't even want to go back to school. Like you, it sounds like you got this new love for going back to school. Yo,
0: so, so crazy. So remember I told you like when I graduated high school, I was like, I'm, not, I'm tired of school. Right. I don't want to write no papers. I don't want no homework. I go to school as a grown man. I'm loving it. I'm like, yo, this is the best thing ever. I'm loving it. I'm like, I'm like I said, my first, my first year, like 4.0 GPA, like I'm killing it. Yeah. I'm not going to no parties. I'm not, I don't care about none of that. Like I've done all Mm -hmm. like y'all party at the frat house. Like I've been partying in Singapore and Hong Kong and like that ain't nothing to me. So I'm like, all of that is like, I'm just focused and everybody's looking at me like, dang, he's so my teachers, so my, my professors, they're like all noticing me. Like I'm getting these good grades and they know I'm older. They know I was in the military. I'm real, you know, helping them out, being kind of aides and stuff. Like doing study sessions and things like that. And um, so I start getting sent to like represent the school in different functions. Like if we're doing like, um, I was on the um, case competition team to where we like
1: debate kind of thing yeah
0: like well debate like I was a business student so Mm. so it's like they give you a case study on like a a certain business uh scenario like um one of the ones we did was like at the time Under Armour was kind of like trying to um expand and 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 grow globally uh more and it was like think of uh, some some ways you could help this company Um, expand and and, Mm -hmm. and gain as much market share as like Nike and Adidas and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. And we would, you know, me and my team would come and do a presentation and we would, you know, we'd go to like National Black NBA Conference and like my school, like Clark Atlanta, like pushed me out there. So they were like, this is one of my, you know, one of our star kids and they would push me out there and I'm there suited up, suited and booted and just, yeah, you know, 10 years military. So I go, I'm getting all these like um us to go intern at companies and stuff like that. Like, cause they see this young black man that's doing really well, all my grades is good. Um, and I've got this experience and you know, they're like, so that of, I did an internship in Milwaukee. Like they paid for me um, to come out there and visit. Like before I was like, I was, I was real like, I need this before I do like I was like I just knew I was it like
1: so you were negotiating, yes. you were like walking into these doors like I am your man.
0: Yes, because I had like I had first of all, my school's backing me. Yeah. Right? And P- these people are coming to me. Like I remember they sent me to this conference and there was a guy, like we were doing like these different workshops and there was a guy there that was like proctoring the the thing. He's like a VP of this company I ended up going to. I won't I won't mention the name, but this company that I went to go intern with in Milwaukee, okay. right? Mm-hmm black guy and so we you know we're talking about stuff and the 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 topic was like generational um um generational differences like between gen x and oh, um like millennials uh, millennials baby and boomers. baby boomers mm-hmm. yeah so we're all talking about this and you know of course everybody always says the millennials are you know the lazy generation and they don't want to get out there and work they think everything and now I, I had a lot to say about that because although i'm a millennial mm-hm. I still, I think I associate more with the blue collar, I guess it would be the baby boomer, because what's, what's the generation before us?
1: I think it's X. Generation it- X?
0: Whatever whatever one that is before us. Okay. I'm not sure exactly what it is, Me but either. it's more, the one before us is more of like a blue collar, mm-hmm. um, you know, go to college, work hard, have your family, get your house, mm-hmm. blah, 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 you know, that was because when I was bought into my house into Atlanta, that's what I was that's how I was raised right so and my my parent my my parents and their parents did the same thing my grandparents are married like 50 something years
1: and as a millennial you already have a 10-year career right you know you sped up through life
0: so this we're going we're going through this workshop and the guy's mm-hmm. like um, he's just looking at me and so afterwards he's like I want you to come intern at my company and I was like, okay, what company are you with? And he tells me the company or whatever. And I was like, eh, Milwaukee.
2: <laughs>
0: and I was like, because I had another uh, company that wanted me to um, intern with them in Nebraska. And I'm like, Nebraska.
1: That's, they pay well in those areas, though. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah.
0: So I was like, I don't know. I was like, I was like, how about you fly me out there, and um, you <laughs> and, and and I'll check it out for a weekend and see if, if I like it. The, really? Oh yeah.
1: That is so interesting. Oh, yeah. Like you you're he taking these like, liberties. He
0: he wanted me. It's not like it's not like I went to him like, hey, sir, please, can you find it in your heart to you're let right. me in? Of, no, you?" No, I, I was so right. I was like the cream of the crop at the time. So I was so he flew me and my wife out there to this. Um, I remember because it was I think my wife was pregnant at the time. I think she was pregnant. Okay. And so they flew us out there for the weekend. Put us in a hotel showed us around the, well, it took me and showed me around the company, but, you know, took, we showed my wife all around Milwaukee. It was snowing. It was nice.
1: And what did they want you to do? What role? Uh,
0: what, the internship?
1: Yeah. The internship
0: guess- was like a, internship was a, um, it was part of their supply. So I was a supply chain management major. Interesting. So I was a business, business management with a concentration in supply chain management. Mm. So supply chain management has different factors to it. Logistics, um, um s- transportation, um just there's different things that yeah, you do. Retail. It's, it's, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, there's it's so supply much. chain is can be anything. Yeah, absolutely. So um they they brought me in as a supply chain intern and there was no there was no more slots to be t- for interns. Mm-hmm. Like he made me a slot. He's like, no this I want this guy.
1: Interesting.
0: And uh so he ended up I ended up uh going to Milwaukee for a whole summer and um spending it there. And uh actually I had some good I had some good times in Milwaukee. I met, met a good friend of mine there a uh, dude named Chris he was he was the guy that I uh, ended up getting the Airbnb an Airbnb from him and he was living there with me so he had like a triplex uh, you know like three you know build three apartments when in you it. say
1: get the, you got the Airbnb from you like got it so now you're um selling like you that's your business or no you no got no the I, was in to live, I was okay. staying there I was staying there yeah got just for the
0: summer because I was trying to find like an apartment mm-hmm. like a sublet mm mm-hmm um for the summer just stayed there for the summer i didn't want to spend you know hotel would have been astronomical i got you so i'm like okay where can i stay um you know so i looked at airbnb ended up staying at his at his at his spot gotcha. ended up being a brother um it was so crazy because he was like the like the most like one of the most connected black guys in milwaukee so he introduced me to like congresswomen i'm going like
1: and you already that dude. And I'm like, you tell, you I can don't tell know like how
0: this stuff, stuff happens. Like, I don't know how it
2: happens.
1: Like, but, the, but the thing it's about crazy. it is, like, what's crazy about, yes, it is crazy. It's you are developing as a professional in your own little nucleus over here in the military. Mm-hmm. And you get, you get exposed. Like, all you need is exposure and yeah. people take to you.
2: Yeah. That's the I dope guess. part.
1: And then, like, having, I'm assuming, like, I'm only assuming, but you got to tell me. Having a friend who is connected, well-connected, and you it got was, this experience, y'all, I used to cook so for the weird. Admiral. It
0: was so It was like, I've been telling him now, it's like, cause I talked to him, he's, so we're doing, he's doing, I bought him into government contracting. Wow. So like, and this, he's older than me, he's like 50, he's 50. Yeah. He's 50 years old. Mm. Black guy, not married, no kids. Mm-hmm. Um, he, he owns a lot of real estate in um, Milwaukee and around, uh, around the nation, he's got some properties. Now he's living in Dallas but um he's got business he's just a business he was at the time he was like open he was like a um he was an entrepreneur at the time when I was living with him but then he had got a job at this like All Black Bank or something like that. He was like I remember he was doing that and but it was just crazy how like like people like that magnetized to me. Yeah. Like I just meet people and then it's like, man, how did this happen? And then it's like he was bringing me to people like all these rich people's house in Milwaukee like that owned these huge companies and like it was it was crazy
1: let me ask you because supply chain management is so far from culinary arts when you think not that, really that's why I'm gonna ask what I want to know like mm-hmm. where do you see the connection where do you draw that connection
0: right so in the military so as a cook in the military I didn't only just cook mm-hmm. so at times that you have to there was a, there was times when I had to be the uh, it's called jack-of-the-dust so the jack of the dust is the person that orders all the food got to Inventory. be cooked. Inventory. Inventory management, mm. logistics, transportation, setting all that stuff up. Yes. So, so I'm the one that has to, like, I've got the storerooms where all the food is. Yeah. I'm issuing it out to them yes. daily. Okay, we need more chicken for next week. Boom! boom, boom. I yeah. gotta, gotta order this. Yeah. Um, we need bread. Whatever, whatever it was. I'm ordering all this kind of. So supply chain was like it's all together.
1: Absolutely. It, so. it, as soon as you said mm-hmm. like you you were the say it again. Du- J-
0: Jack of the dust.
1: Jack of the dust. And yeah. you mentioned inventory. It mm-hmm. makes all the sense in the world. Yep. So from your experience, because mm-hmm. my next question was going to be what differentiated you from an experiential perspective mm-hmm. in that internship, whereas well one obviously experience, a lot of people yeah. your age yeah. but then even with the people who've been in the office mm-hmm. a lot of times you could be 40 years old and never have experienced being a yeah. jack of the dust yeah. right so yeah. when you noticed your like edge what did you realize your competitive edge was in that space
0: so it was just knowledge like it was knowledge and exposure like mm-hmm. because like you said you could be And there were people that I met in my internship or at my corporate job that had been there for like since they graduated high school or graduated college, Mm -hmm. they got in this job and they've been there for 30, 40 years. And I was just like, wow. How do you stay there that long and just do that? There was one lady, she just retired. She was at Lockheed for like 40 years. Like that's all she ever knew was Lockheed Martin. And I was just like, I could never. And um but yeah it was just like so you go to these you know you and th- it's nothing wrong with that. Mm-hmm. It's nothing wrong with that. She retired with a nice pension and you know she's she set her and her husband a set but I mean I just couldn't see myself like doing that for the rest of my life until I don't work anymore.
1: Yeah. And listening to your career though um at different junctures, you had the opportunity to mm-hmm. go up if you wanted to. You right. could have been a Navy SEALs if you wanted to. If I
0: really would have tried. Right.
1: Yeah. If mm-hmm. you if you really wanted to like uh, go work for Ob- uh, Biden, mm-hmm. you could have if you wanted to. Right. And at these junctures in your life, you're like, okay, yeah, I, re- <clears throat> I really don't want to. Like, you made a decision yeah. for a, your life. Mm-hmm. So for you at this point, and even now, if you look back at it, are you more driven by? Um, the breadth of knowledge—did I say that right? Yeah. The breadth of knowledge, as opposed to like the depth in a specific like area.
0: Yeah, I don't. I don't want to get. Um, I don't like to get too tied to something. Mm. Like I feel like my dynamic. I feel like my mind is dynamic, and like here's what I feel like. I feel like I'm a problem solver.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Right. I feel like I can see a problem and assess it in my mind and figure out how to fix it. And no matter what it is, if it's in regards to business, something in business, right? Mm-hmm. I can see this problem and I can say, okay, I can look at it critically and say, I wanna solve this problem. But if I'm just, uh, like in the internship I went to in Milwaukee, I hated it, you know what? They had me doing like brainless stuff. Mm-hmm. Like where it's like, like calling to check on these packages and whether they baited or not to this location and why was this box damaged and like that to me that's not that's not exciting like that's just like find somebody else to do this right i don't want to do this this is not me mm-hmm. so it was like really it was like it's not it, it wasn't captivating for me yeah like so um i just couldn't i just i just i didn't like it i didn't like the internship um of course i didn't take the job in milwaukee you know mm-hmm. to, to go there after i graduated when but, it comes
1: to that oh i hate to interrupt you no, but, no, yeah. I, I think about this being—you said you didn't like it from no. the external perspective. Did they did they see you as like, oh, he's not good? What was the external perception of like you in that job, or did you realize I don't like this menial task type work?
0: No. So the way, so what happened? So the funny thing that happened in Milwaukee was, it's not a lot of black people in Milwaukee.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Not a lot of black people, right? <laughs> the guy who the VP that re- that requested me was a black guy. So I was looked at as the t- the guy that the black guy bought in. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yep. So that's how they was looking at me like, oh, you just here because this guy wanted mm-hmm. you here. Mm-hmm. He's the boss, mm-hmm. so I gotta like it. That's how I was kind of treated. And so I, but me, in my mind, I'm like, well, I don't know what y'all talking about. I'm it, like I'm the one. Right. Like, so I'm here for a reason. But, um, but it, 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 it and and uh, of course there, the, the, uh, the few black people that were at the company, we would all talk. And like, there was one guy that was a, uh, um, he had been at the company for a couple of years. He was like head of like, uh, recruiting or something like that, college recruiting or something like that. Right. Black guy, younger black guy, he's younger than me, but he invites all of the black people at this job to go. To his house one day, he's having like a cookout, right? And he was like, um, he was he was talking, and he was like, yeah, you know, such and such, and we gotta we gotta be better, and this and that, and blah blah blah. And we, somehow we got into the conversation of me being brought in to be the to be an intern, and he was like, yeah, he's like, we can't do that anymore. And I was like, what do you mean can't do what anymore? And he was like, well, the way it was done, you know, the guy, um, the guy. I don't want to say this the guy's name the VP's name Mm -hmm. but he was like you know he just he just kind of crapped on protocol Mm -hmm. and bought you here Mm -hmm. and he was like and it looks bad for us as black people that he would do that Mm. and I said no what looks bad is the fact that you're not supporting him because they do this all the time
1: man
0: so if they got a VP Johnny so-and-so and and they want to bring my nephew Clyde the Clyde Johnson my buddy's golfing partner golfing partner Mm -hmm. they're gonna they're gonna find a way to get little 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 Johnny in here yeah so why is it so bad when we do it but see he's been in that he's been living in Milwaukee and us all white people and so he's always had to feel like he has to be a different way and I always struggle with the fact that Black people feel the need to be take the high route. Mm. Hate taking the high route. Mm-hmm. Why can't I just be the man? Like I'm, like I'm the man. Yeah. Like I'm. I'm. I'm just, I'm just saying. Like any, any one of us. That something that we can do. We're so dynamic, and we're so we can bring so much value to a company. Why do we always have to be the ones to take the high road?
1: Yeah. Or try to do everything to pr- protocol. Yes. Mm-hmm.
0: Because if I become VP, you know what I'm going to do? <laughs> <laughs> Yo, my people coming, they're going to be like, they're going to one by one. They're going to be cut here. Right. one. Because we're going to turn this thing out. Yeah. Like we're not about to be, I don't, I don't disseminate. Like I don't uh, assimilate. Mm-hmm. That's the word. I don't yeah. assimilate mm. to, to that and which brings me to the whole reason why i'm not in corporate anymore because i felt like every single day i have to put on a different face that's not my own and be a different person because my true self who i really am and how i really talk and how i really interact with people they they couldn't handle that Mm -hmm. like i I have to be a different person Mm. and it's not bad like who i am is not like i'm not you know, cussing and you know, saying just doing crazy stuff, but it's like
1: you dude, don't have to turn on that. Oh, hi, Bob! That, like I cannot imagine you. I could not imagine you. Like so I'm great at it. <laughs> you are great at it. That's the way. That, it, that it, takes a lot of energy. It's taxing. Yeah.
0: It's taxing to me because it's like I have to constantly be like in my mind telling myself like, All right, don't say what you really want to say right now, B but I be want to say some stuff. Mm-hmm. But then it's like, you know, I can, I'll get real technical with you. Oh, you, you should, I'll send you an email right now, Janet. Mm-hmm. Sure. Mm-hmm. But it's like, it, it was taxing and it was like, and I I told you, I saw the lady who had been there for 35, 40 years and retired. She was a black lady. And I'm just like, I can't do this. Yeah. I can't do this. And um, I was just like, and i kind of my my job kind of gave me um coronavirus kind of gave me the the out to actually be an entrepreneur mm-hmm. um because it was i was working at i was work working at this company that i was working at that i was just working at i don't even want to say their name again okay but you know what it is yes. right so um and I was bought in as a level one employee with experience, 10 years of military experience, right? Mm -hmm. I'm bringing it with me. So the timetable was, it was supposed to be like a year later, I was supposed to be, or maybe a year, I think a year later I was supposed to be automatically promoted. I was not promoted, right? So what happened is, so after I wasn't promoted, I uh, went to my manager like, hey, you know, I was hired as you know level one with experience. Um, you know, I'm supposed to be promoted. You know, blah 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 blah. She's like, oh yeah, you're right. Let me double check on that. Blah 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 blah. And she's like, she comes back to me. She's like, well, we have to interview you for the le- for the for the level bump. And mm-hmm. I'm
1: like, supposed uh, to be automatic. Supposed
0: to be automatic, right? Mm-hmm. So I'm like, all right, whatever. So they had there was this white girl that they had, they had bought in, ditzy white girl, no experience, no. 10 years military experience, no oh, just, just out of college. You know what I'm saying? Just ditzy, cornbread, white girl, right? And so I'm thinking, I'm going for this interview, is just a formality. This is what my manager's telling me.
2: Mm-hmm. This
0: is a formality. Mm-hmm. just gotta, we have to go through the process. But they interview her too. Mind you, she had got there maybe like six months after, maybe six months to a year after me, mm-hmm. right? So I had already been there, doing managing high-level accounts, like I'm going to, Phoenix, Arizona, and like traveling to see my clients. And like, I'm doing like, I'm everywhere. Like, I'm doing um, uh, $10 million contracts. I'm like, I'm killing it, right? Mm-hmm. And I'm managing all these clients and this and that. And then, and I'm like, yo, yeah, what's up with my, you know, some of my, my raise or my, my promotion? We're gonna interview you. So they interview me, they interview the girl. So a while goes by, a couple months go by, and I'm like, Asked my manager like, what's the status on the blah 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 blah? She calls me into a room. Um, well, we're gonna promote um, such and such. The other person, this white girl. And I'm like, why? And, um, well, um, she was able to. I, they gave some some crazy excuse, right? Some crazy excuse about something, right? So I was like, okay let it go for a little while, I thought about it, thought about it. So I'm a, I'm a, I was like, I don't, I, I wasn't feeling right. So I was like, I've, I've been doing too much and I've been working too hard for me to not um, have gotten this promotion that was supposed to be automatic anyway, Yeah, yeah. right? I go to HR, right? I'm selling, I'm like, look, I've been here since, this time I might've been, might've been there like three years okay. two or three years something like that
1: okay yeah
0: this it's supposed time, to be automatic after a year it's supposed to be automatic after a year yeah yeah. so <clears throat> mind you so then we had the interview that took a couple months mm-hmm. then I'm waiting that took a couple months and and uh, you know so at this time it might have been there like three years at this time right okay. so I'm like you know H, I'm telling HR I'm like look so there so HR is asking me well have you been getting performance reviews every year yeah every year my performance I'm at the top. Mm-hmm. Like, look, you see, all, you got all my performance evaluations. Never late. Never nothing. Just everything is great, right? So, so HR looks at everything, and HR goes and says, you're right. You, had, you were supposed to have been promoted two years ago. Mm-hmm. Guess what they did? Promoted me twice. Okay. Right? So, they gave me like a two-point bump. Interesting. Right. I found out, so now I find out that the person that didn't want me to get the raise was my senior manager mm-hmm. who didn't like me. White dude, Mormon dude. Mm-hmm. We never got along. I never, this dude was just weird to me, right? So mm-hmm. I kind of avoided him as much as I could. Mm-hmm. And so my manager, while she's telling me she wants to promote me, he's telling her, no, got I want to promote this person. Mm-hmm. Right, and now find out that they're going to lunch together and they hang out and the wife knows her and this and that. She, they're at his, her, she, the the new girl got married, they're at her wedding and all this. I'm like, okay, okay, I see what, so then I, that's when I went to HR. I'm like, okay, now nah, it's something going on. And so when I went to HR, now this senior manager really is on my, on my head. Got it. So then boom, COVID happens and we're all working from home, mm-hmm. right? So we're working from home. And, um, you know my calls are on. I got my work phone, I got my laptop with all my calls on my emails, right? so I randomly get a call one day. oh hey, this is uh so and so um we've got a report that you've been mischarging your time right you got we've got a report that you right, here we go here we go,. Mm-hmm. I'm like mischarging my time. What do you mean? Oh, mm-hmm. well, what time do you log on? I was like no, I normally log on about like seven between seven and seven 'cause the way it works at the company is we work for, we work uh, Monday through Thursday, 10-hour days, right? So that's how we get our 40, 40, 40 hours a weekend. Okay, gotcha. Because I was salary. I, was, okay. I wasn't an hourly, hourly, hourly worker.
1: So you just have to bill the hours, but you're going to get the same pay every week Correct. I mean, anyway? Yeah, you mm-hmm. have
0: to, because it's a government contract job, mm-hmm. you have to bill the hours to the, the to the um, to the contract that you're working for. Got it. Right. So mm-hmm. if we're working a contract for these planes or whatever the case may be, then I have to build toward those planes. If we're work, if I'm working on another plane or another part or something, I have to build it to that. Got it. So, but my, my price stays the same, but like, so she's, she's like, yeah, what time do you log on? I'm like, you know, I log on from, you know, around seven 30. She's like, what time do you log off? I said, well, I finished my 10 hours. You know what I'm saying? like, So I might you know, do something, answer some emails, and then I don't have no emails to, to work on. And I might go do something else and come back and we've got some more emails. Okay, I'll answer them. Get on my phone calls, whatever the case may be. That normal like, do you think that, job. so I'm like, do you think that I'm gonna sit here on the laptop with my hand on the mouse and the one on the computer, and I'm just moving the mouse back and forth for 10 straight hours?
1: Are they looking at your- They're looking at
0: keystrokes.
1: Are you serious?
0: Yes. And I'm like, this is, impo-, I'm like, this is impossible. I was like, you see every day, and she was like, yeah, it says, I see you log in every morning around this time. Mm-hmm. She's like, sometimes you don't log off till 10, 30, 11 o'clock at night. So what? I got clients that are in Berlin, and, mm-hmm. and not Berlin, um, um, I have cl- Norway. I had a client in Norway, and I got clients in a different time zone. Like, so I may, they're still up, yeah. or they're, they're just not getting up, mm-hmm. right? So I'm like, what's wrong with that? As long as I'm getting my 10 hours in, and I'm some some days I would work eleven twelve hours, you know what I'm saying? And then the next day I would work eight hours or something yeah. like that. But you can do that. That per mm-hmm. per your manager, you can do that.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: So I was like, this is nonsense, right? So that's what they said. They said I was mischarging my time and they let me
1: go. It was just like that.
0: They they called me. Well, they did like an investigation. That's crazy. They called me back. They were like. We see that you know there are times during the day where you're mm-hmm. not on the computer, and I said, "Well, I have a work phone, mm-hmm. which is attached to my." Um, you know, we had a Skype where you could text or email somebody at any time. Mm-hmm. I'm like, I'm, I have it on me at all times. Mm-hmm. As I said, "Ask my manager, do I miss calls? Do I miss meetings? Do I miss anything?" No, she she says you're always
1: the best way to support the work and play podcast is by subscribing to the YouTube channel and by going to your favorite podcast player to subscribe and rate the work and play podcast that's all you have to do so if you are liking the work and play podcast the content the stories that we're sharing and you know that this will help someone go ahead and share the content to someone who could actually use it and help them on their journey to transition from corporate into entrepreneurship now let's get back into the episode so, so what are you basing a, this off of? Yeah, and, and you and you can't even fight it because you you at home and you, there's no even no HR desk that you right. can't, can't go to. Right, I can't even go to anymore. somebody's
0: face. I'm talking up to somebody on the phone. I ain't never seen before. It's hard
1: to fight that case like that. And
0: I'm like, so I even went to like a um, like an employment um, lawyer because I was like, this is crazy. I was like, I know that this dude is targeting me because mm-hmm. I because when I got my promotion, not only did they promote me once, they promoted promoted me twice. Like my raise was like twenty two percent. I got 22 percent raise. Yeah. Normally, when you get a raise, it's like eight percent, Nine percent, ten percent, if you're lucky. Mm-hmm. I got a 22 percent raise.
1: He was not happy. He was like, "Oh no." Yeah, yeah.
0: But see, that that just goes back to like what I say, like about the why we always feel like we got to take the high road. These jokers ain't taking the high road. Mm-mm. They're not taking no road. No. They're taking whatever road they want.
1: Whatever. We're, and, and that's the thing. Yeah, you're right. I, I think um, I think listening to your story, and it's like, have you ever felt? in that in that process did you ever because you you've been the man right mm-hmm. you know you say i'm that guy right mm-hmm. but did you ever feel hopeless or like did you ever get no. down on yourself cuz you couldn't control it
0: Mm-mm. Mm-mm. Mm. because growing up i've been through much worse like i like i told you i was i was in foster homes group homes and detention centers growing up and i seen a lot of struggle and pain early on mm-hmm. And I think that that kept me grounded to understand that no matter how bad it does get, yeah. I, could always, I could always get out of it. Because if you have a mindset that is not going to let you fail, I, I won't give up.
2: Yeah.
0: Like, I won't give up. Like, mm-hmm. no, if it gets bad, I'm just going to be like, all right, B, you just got to, like, tighten up. We're going to do something else. Yeah. Like, either way, it's something, I'm going to make it work. It's yeah. going to work
1: yeah no i love that mindset yeah. and i can hear it because a lot of the things that you experienced while you describe it the way you describe it is like this is what happened to me people are like people could be against you people could mm. be hating on you whatever it can have such a mental toll but the way you experience mm. is like this is just what it is that's and so that's that's the the mental toughness that i can hear yeah. so now like you mentioned government contracting mm-hmm. but just to kind of clarify and and because i know your story a little bit i'm mm. i'm probably didn't ask a lot of questions about the subcontracting part of it Mm -hmm. but like as a Mm subcontractor how did that experience help you kind of navigate into this space of government contracting
0: it taught me everything that i needed to know about how to speak to a contractor right Mm -hmm. so and meeting meeting jason and having lunch with him that one day, he'll tell you because he was like, he said, uh, I, I think I went to his. He did like a, an intimate class at Rick Ross's house a couple months ago, and I went right. Mm-hmm. And when I got in there, he was like, "What's up, B?" He was like, "Man, he's like B met me. I thought he knew everything, and he was like, he he's like I do this." And blah 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 blah. He kind of he kind of put me on the spot. Yeah. But great, you know my, that's my dude. Mm-hmm, but he was like, you know, when when, when we we sitting there at a, we was at Cheesecake Factory, me, him, and Dave. And I'm eating, like, because a lot of times, I'm I, I'm always around Dave, right? And Dave be around all kind of different people. Mm-hmm. And I, for some reason, like, I hear, like, a lot of times I hear what people are talking about. A lot of people just talk about crazy stuff, yeah. right? The, the amount of people that he be around and the amount of things and information that are thrown around, if you're not, if you can't filter it, it's almost like an overload of information. Right like because there's so many people that do so many different things and it's like overlook. what do I do with all this information exactly right so a lot of times I just like I'm in my own little world Mm. like I'm so I'm eating my food or whatever and this and Jason's talking and I'm like
1: hey I know what he's talking about yeah he's talking
0: about (laughs) contracting I'm still eating this stuff right and Dave is asking him questions and stuff and I'm like I'm eating and at some point in time, he's telling me just he got all these contracts, thirty-something contracts, and blah, blah blah. I'm like, all right, man. I was like, yo, I do this for a living. I was like, so you telling me that you got, this, you know, these contracts and this, and you've done X, Y. He's like, yeah. And he's telling me play by play how he does it, and I'm just like, wow. Yeah. And from that was this, that was I'm like at that point in time, I'm like, because I wasn't an entrepreneur, I was still at Lockheed.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Damn, I said the company. I know, now. but. I was still the company, right? And so at that time I was still I had my safety net. I'm making my cushy paycheck and all that. I'm good, right? So I'm like I kept it in the back of my mind like, man, if I ever tr- be if I'm ever an entrepreneur, this is where I'm going right because right. this is right on my this is right on right down my alley. Mm-hmm. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like Turo was what is is like a you know, it gets you some money and kind of but it's not a it's not really a um it's not as sustainable as something like government contracting is, got because it. like even even now, like Turo, I'm experiencing um, some some a level of um, I feel like the market is like oversaturated. Got now. it. Okay. So there's so, when I first started Turo, I was getting booked every day, every weekend, all the time. Now I feel because I feel like there wasn't a lot of cars to choose from then. Yes. As many as there are now. Mm-hmm. But now everybody's got a course on put put your cars on Turo and. How to make money with your rental car business and blah, blah, blah. blah. You got all these options now, and it's like people ain't even, people haven't booked my cars in a long time. Yeah. But the government, but the government, it's
1: always, there's
0: 90,000 contracts that come out like per week or every couple days or something like that. Mm -hmm. Thousands and thousands of contracts. Yeah. They're always going to. It, they're always going to need these contracts. filled, yeah. and there's no way they can get them all filled
1: I gotta ask you this because mm-hmm. like I had Jason on the podcast and mm-hmm. I feel like at every single point I had a question that I thought was a good question It was <laughs> uh, like that don't make no sense. So why would you think that way? Right, right. And because you had the subcontracting experience when you mm-hmm. jumped into the like government contracting space mm-hmm. What were some of the things that you had to unlearn in order to do well at what you do?
0: just how mm-hmm. um how to be more relaxed and not so technical about everything, Mm. right? So, like, from where I was, it was like everything is by the book, government contracts, far clauses, and defar, defas, and all, every, everything was a clause, and it has to be done this way, it has to be documented this way, and you have to build this purchase order this way, and you have to put this, everything, it was like, it took me so long, like, That was, it was like the kind of brainless stuff that I hated to do. Like in order to build a contract, I had to have all this language in it, and it had to have this legal jargon, and it had Mm -hmm. to have this clause, and these, it was, that was the part about it I hated. The part I liked about my job was going to clients, fixing problems, Mm -hmm. right? Why is your production taking so long? Why haven't you sent me my parts? What's going on? Like. And now I'm going to the manufacturing plant. I'm looking like at the assembly line. Like, all I right, well, you, okay, yeah, this needs, Y'all could probably do better yeah, with yeah. this right here. Or why y'all put it in this packaging? Because if you put it in a different packaging, it'll be more insulated or whatever, you know, just stuff like that.
1: Which is and technically not your job, but that's the fun part. But it is part
0: of my job because okay. it's my job to manage my clients. Got you. So any client that, any issue that happens with my clients that I've been assigned to, They're going to come to me that's a metric that 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 reflects on me gotcha so if my packages are coming in late every all the time brandon why is your stuff coming in late oh i don't know i gotta find out well let me go out here to phoenix arizona or let me go out here to uh nogales mexico or let me go out here to
1: norway
0: norway (laughs) and see i didn't get to go to norway though but let me go to all these places to see what's going on um and it could be a production. It could be a shortage of material. It mm-hmm. could be, and you find out, like they'll tell you, like, oh, we can't send you this this week because we didn't get the the aluminum from the aluminum plant, or we didn't get the, you know, saying we had a setback in getting our parts from. So a lot of times, the, you're getting a part from from a, from a company, and they're getting multiple different parts from multiple different companies, right? Okay. So they're getting part from here, part from here, and they put it all together. But if they don't have this one part to complete it, they can't send it to you. Okay. And then what we're making is going on a government aircraft, it has to be safe, it has to be approved, it can't send you no defective part, it has mm-hmm. to be tested, and weather tested, and all that, because at the end of the day, these are military lives that are going to be on this, and that it was near and dear to me, because right. I was in the military, so I'm like, well, you know, this it's, it's serious. Wow. So, like, you got to make sure that, you know, you're giving them these parts, and they're Good to go. Wow. So yeah, um what was the question?
1: The question was um Oh, you, did I have to
0: unlearn anything?
1: Right. You having to unlearn just to
0: be more loose.
1: Just to be more like loose. And the, not so technical.
0: Not so technical because now it's like you can you can submit for a contract and you can call that contract person. And I realize this contract person is a me. Yeah. Right. <laughs> so I'm talking to who I would have been. Uh-huh. And so if I, if I got somebody and it's not supposed to be like this, mm. right. You're not supposed to like build a relationship or have a relationship with somebody who's trying to get a contract from you.
2: Oh, You're not
0: supposed to do that. I didn't know It's so against the rules. Okay. You're supposed to have a fair competitive Bid so that Mm -hmm. if you, if Ariel wants to put in a bid and Brandon puts in a bid and XYZ put in a bid, it's even across the board. Mm -hmm. I'm I'm
1: unbiased, right? But because you have that insider knowledge, you don't even have to develop a relationship if you don't.
0: You don't have to, but if I just call you and say, How's your day? I'm calling because I want to submit this proposal to you, blah, 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 blah. Um, And I can talk to people. So, you know, I can get them to laugh and I can get, you know, you got any kids? You know what I'm saying? We talk about, oh yeah, are you are you a, are you a Cowboys fan or whatever? I'm not a Cowboys fan, but just anything. Mm-hmm. I'll say anything on the phone. Mm-hmm. Now, when you got XYZ's bid comes in and Ariel's bid comes in and Brandon's bid come in and they're all pretty much the same, who are you going to pick?
1: Yeah, Brandon.
0: The person who you, who you talk to, That's right. even a little bit of a relationship, yeah. he's a Cowboys fan or yeah. I know Brandon's got kids and this and that. We talked about, you just subconsciously, you're not even doing it on purpose. It's like subconsciously, you're like, ah, let's, let's take this guy. Mm-hmm. Let's do it. Let's mm-hmm. do him. So, and that com- but if I was, when I was, and I actually did it in one of the bids that I put out, a $5 million bid that I put out, and I went to these different companies, I went and did a um, like an audit on their company and what they could provide for us. And I ended up picking this one company out in Dalton, Dalton, Georgia, which is like an hour, Uh, above Marietta Mm -hmm. and um, it was because when I went there you know we talked and I just we had been talking they have they have more questions than all the other companies right so it could it could have looked like they don't know what they're doing Mm -hmm. right but when they're calling and asking these questions we're talking and I'm like, yeah, you know, such and such, such and such. And yeah, we're laughing. Ha, 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 ha. Oh, did you you catch that game last night? Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, it was crazy. And boy, that rain was terrible last night. And it was, but so when it came down to it, to make a call on the who to give the contract to, for me, it was a no-brainer. I'm like, we got to pick them. Yeah. Subconsciously.
1: So now you're in that seat. I'm in that seat. You are, um, how long have you been a full-time entrepreneur now?
0: Um, Since... December of not last year the year before that so okay, December of 2021 to
1: 2020, One. Two.
0: 2020.
1: 2020. Mm-hmm. December 2020 and so you've been doing Turo and government contracting
0: right well, I haven't gotten any gov- I haven't got a government contract yet got So you. I'm still working I'm still submitting um, but I I'm, I'm I will say I haven't been submitting as much bids as I probably should be mm mm-hmm. um, so there that that's on me Gotcha. like i i know it's 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 coming and i know that it's gonna it's gonna pick up real soon i just have to invest more time and energy. effort and energy mm. into it versus you know worrying about turo or worrying about um you know because i'm still coaching you know so i, I do that kind of stuff but yes,
1: yes i have
0: to put myself on more of a regimented schedule to say okay from these hours a day i'm going to be submitting government contract bids and i know that eventually it's gonna, it's, it's 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 inevitable like yeah. it's just it's just too um
1: lucrative
0: no i'm not, not lucrative it's just too it falls in line with what i do yeah like it's just it's there for me it's just like right there
1: and another thing it's a low-hanging it. fruit for me it, it really is. But I think it also, once you get into a groove of it all. Oh, yeah. It Because of the way I understand government contracting, you can yeah. get your hands in all these different things. Mm-hmm. And because your mind is more so the breadth of information instead mm-hmm. of, like, getting stuck in one thing, Yeah. you get a chance to, like, exercise your brain in all these different industries. Yeah. And then the other part of you, which is really, really dying to live, is this, mm-hmm. like, problem-solving side of you. Mm-hmm. And you have this business intel that, like... What I, what I love about the government contracting space, and I mm. just said this, so it's like fresh in my mind, but it's a vehicle to yeah. like get a process, right? Mm-hmm. To start generating money, yeah. but then you can focus your time and energy on whatever what, the what purpose is. Really yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. And yeah. it's so easy for you because literally kind of everything builds on itself. Yeah. Like from your, 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 uh, your military experience and then becoming a chef, which turns out to be like the best inventory training that that you ever needed coming coming full circle into like a supply chain into the business area and now you're you're taking you're contracting for military people who are essentially using some of the Mm -hmm. the um, materials and stuff that you would have used as a
0: as a as a service member.
1: Yes, I want to say soldier, but it was not petty officer. It was. um
0: and they a they, they, well, they. call him Seaman.
1: Seaman. And I don't
0: like to say Seaman. <laughs> no, what reasons. do you
1: guys say, Paul? Yeah, how about, right. for reasons, I don't <laughs> so, like to say Seaman. Yeah, but but to to be able to like sit somewhere, bring in the money on a regular basis, mm. let that be your vehicle to do right. what you truly want your brain to work at. Right. I think it'll be a win win.
0: Yeah. I, and I and I love it. I love the like the f- I love the fact that I can wake up in the morning. I can go on my laptop, look at these like look at these contracts, and just be like, oh, that one, that one, you know, whatever. whichever one I want, mm-hmm. I can do.
2: Mm-hmm. Like
0: I can say, I want to try that. I want to try that. I want to try that. And it's like there's no there's no parameters around that besides me just doing it. I had a bid that I really thought that I was going to win a couple like maybe two weeks ago. It was for portable toilets in. Utah somewhere mm-hmm. and I just knew I just knew I was gonna win this bid it was like eight hundred and seventy five thousand dollars for like five years and I ended up not getting it I just found out like maybe like a week or two ago mm-hmm but um, I just like I was ready to like pop a champagne bottle and like I was ready to go like I, I just knew I had this bid but I didn't get it Um, so I I feel like it kind of that kind of like um.
2: deflated
0: you it Mm. it deflated me a little bit Mm
2: -hmm.
0: um but i don't stay deflated for too long about anything yeah so it's like i just know i gotta go harder now yeah you know so i had i I had that one in i didn't get it it's like now okay let me let me submit 20 now yeah (laughs)
1: let's go
0: yeah like like i i I, I can't like because i at the time i had only submitted maybe like that one it was like two or three other ones Mm -hmm. so it's like now i gotta like if it's it's now to me it's like a numbers a numbers thing like if i if i um you know as many as i put out the more the more bids i put out the more possibility of me of getting it so yeah that's just where i'm at with it now
1: i got you can we dream a bit because i feel like the problem solving side of you is pretty cool but mm-hmm. like, and and also like seeing you go to your clients and be like, okay, well, if we wrap this package up. Like, if we if we optimize this casing or if we mm-hmm. do this process this way, if you were to think about like the ideal type of problems that you like working on, because you get a, you get a chance to hang out with Dave. Shout out to Dave Shands, mm-hmm. and you get to see a lot of the problems that a lot of entrepreneurs deal with all the time. Mm-hmm. Which ones like like get 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 your juices flowing the most, or have you seen the problem that you like working on the most? Um. I don't know. I don't know.
0: Um, because, I, like I said, I try to stay... Like, D- Dave did a podcast the other day. Or it might have aired, aired the other day. And he was talking about, can you be too... Can can friendship... It was something about, like, can I be too close to... Like, am I too... Like, me personally. Mm-hmm. Am I too close to be able to do... Because I, I have the privilege, right, of being able to be around all of these people that David's around mm-hmm. without having to like buy a course or, you know, like, I, I get the information, right? So we are yeah. I'm getting this information and we're sitting down eating. Mm-hmm. But I'm at David's house and he's got them at his house and it's like, they're telling him all this stuff that they do and I'm seeing all these people like that Dave's around and the amount of money that's being thrown. And I'm like, dang, like I should be, I mean like that. Mm-hmm. And so I think my, I think that the biggest problem that I would say is the fact of me being able to live, I don't want to say live up to the expectation, but like be on that level. Mm. Like for me, that's my goal is to like, to be on the level to where it's not like, I'm just here because I'm Dave's friend. Yeah. I'm here because look, this is what B does. Like B does, so he he's killing it in government contractor right now. Or he's I was killing that turtle for a while, but I have to tell you like it slowed down. Mm-hmm. But um, like to be in a because I'll go, we'll go somewhere like to a conference or whatever, and I you know Dave's my friend for like 21 years, best friend, right? So like we go, and it's funny because now it's like we go, people want to take his picture, picture with him and you know what I'm saying like Mm -hmm. get his autograph and like oh
1: my god I watch Mm -hmm. your podcast every day so it's easy to look at your peers Mm -hmm. and the um, exposure that they get and then desire to be on that level um in life but then in terms of the problems that you solve it seems like you're thinking of the problems that they solve and mm-hmm. wanting to solve some of the problems that they solve so well
0: well it's not even it's so it's not even a like a specific problem
1: right
0: it's a mentality mm. of being able to solve a problem yeah, yeah like you just like like the way that they look at things is different than just the average person look at things and you know they say if you're the, if you're the, if you are the wealthiest person in the room, mm-hmm. they need to get into another room.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: So it's like, I've been able to be, as David's grown,
2: mm-hmm.
0: like be in different rooms. I remember we was in Tampa one time. He did a podcast with Myron Golden mm-hmm. and Myron was driving us. We got in the car with Myron. We were going from one location to another. I was in the backseat, him and David were talking. And Byron, uh, Myron was just talking and talking. And I was just like where am I right now? Like, this is like, next, like, just the way that he thinks and articulates his thought or his process Mm -hmm. is like, to me, like, if you were a regular person and you just like, you never thought about nothing like this, it's like so, it's so out of this world kind of like this. And I was just like, what car am I in right now? Like, that I'm just in the back, I'm talking to this guy who's just saying these things and like it makes so much sense but you have to put your mind on a track to be able to process it yeah so I feel like you know it's not it's not necessarily about a specific problem that I see that somebody has solved or needs to be solved it's just a it's just a matter of having a mindset to it's to see whatever problem there whatever problem may arise and how you deal with that like you can deal with like it's it's like When you're a parent, right, and you have a child and they do something wrong, right, there's a bunch of different ways you can react to it. Like, I can spank my child. I can punish them or ground Mm -hmm, them. mm -hmm. I can um, take something away from them, which is like a form of punishment as well, right? I can talk to them or I can yell and scream and whatever the case may be, right? Mm -hmm. So, like, what's the, what's the, what's the, the, in a black household, what's the most acceptable thing to do? You're gonna get your butt whooped, right? Mm-hmm. You are gonna get your butt whooped. You gonna get yelled at. Probably get uh, punished too. Probably get all three of them, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Now, if I had a different mindset, I, and, and I I relate this back to kids, because you asked the question, how I relate my budding entrepreneurship to being a father, right? Yeah. So I I'll, I I'll, I'll bring it back to this. There was one time, that my son, my oldest son, um, he was doing something that he wouldn't he wasn't supposed to be doing, and I spanked him, right? And I was spanking him with a belt. And I remember spanking him and him looking into my eyes and he was just, like, his eyes were full of fear. And I remember from that point, I was like, why am I doing this? Like, I want him to fear me, but I don't want him to be fearful of me. Mm. You know what I'm saying? Like, I want him to do what's right, but I don't want him to fear me. Like, I don't want him to feel like you want be to scared of me yeah, yeah I don't want him to be scared of me mm-hmm. right And I remember I was like, this is this spanking stuff is probably not the best thing to do.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: So like my two younger my two younger my youngest kids, like I'll pop them, but I've never like Spank taken them. a belt to them and like you know like I did my oldest son and yeah. because it's a mindset that changed for me. Yeah. that's a totally different mindset. like I can get more out of them. Or I can get them to do more of, of what I want them to do by being an example, by talking to them more, by showing them, you know, right from wrong. Like giving them examples. Like it's there's different ways than just you gonna get that butt toe up. Go get the go get the switch from outside. That's old school, right? Yeah. So the new the, the new with with entrepreneurship is the same because the old school entrepreneurs like okay. I'm going to buy some t-shirts, I'm going to put some on a t-shirt, I'm going to sell them, mm-hmm. I'm going to keep doing that. So yeah. you get caught in that cycle for years, mm-hmm. right? And it could, it could take off and you have your budding, you know, great t-shirt brand or whatever the case may be, but even my mindset is even, even evolved past that because I've, I've seen that. Like we, Sleepers for Suckers, me and Dave started that together.
1: Yeah, you see. And like I,
0: from the beginning, like mm. the first set of t-shirts that David ever bought I paid for half, he paid for half. I sent him money from the military, like, here, bro, like, and and he was selling him here out of the car and all that, and that evolved and evolved and evolved. And I've seen, but his mindset has changed from just that to, you know, a higher level of entrepreneurship. And I think that that is the key to understanding how to maintain success and how to create success mm. in entrepreneurship mm-hmm. it's the mindset that it's your mindset that has to change and like because it's like when you hear these people talk about they go to these um mastermind classes they pay fifty thousand dollars it's mm-hmm. like direct to the normal person's like fifty thousand dollars yeah
1: yeah
0: <laughs> are you talking about like what fifty thousand dollars to go yeah. to hear this man talk yo i felt like what i heard myron say in the car for 30 minutes was worth that That's crazy, right? That's a whole mindset change. Because military B would have been like, man, y'all, fifty thousand dollars, bro. I feel you. One of the things that I
1: really want to point out, though, and it's really not a question. It's just that I didn't even realize you had such an influence in in Sleepers for Suckers, Mm -hmm. which also ties in like supply chain, which also ties in inventory, which also. And then I think about like how you, as a uh, subcontractor, right? Mm-hmm. No, 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 right? Is a subcontractor? Would you say? So?
0: Yeah, 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 yeah. Would so. go
1: into a business, mm-hmm. identify a problem, mm-hmm. and solve it. These mm-hmm. are multi-million dollar businesses or Correct. small businesses, Correct. right?
0: Correct. No, yeah, they're not. No, my clients when I was at were not small they're businesses. They're multi-million dollar businesses. Yes, these okay. are Fortune 500 companies. Yes,
1: I want to make sure I get yes. the scale right because yes. a lot of times my peers and mm-hmm. I, I would consider you my peer because like. I have a lot of corporate friends who like do amazing things, mm-hmm. million dollar, multi million dollar contracts, solve mm-hmm. multi million dollar problems. Mm-hmm. And when we get out here into entrepreneurship, the vantage point that we have mm-hmm. is so individualistic mm-hmm. that we forget about the scale of business that we're familiar with. Right. So the what I, this is a this is an opinion or a perspective as opposed to a question, but the vantage point that I see you having is. These are multi-million dollar businesses sitting around a table and they mm. all have problems. Right. And as easy as it is for you to like go to a multi-million dollar business and say, hey, why don't you just tweak that package mm. and make this thing, that'll save you a couple million or that'll mm. get us on time. I feel like that's the, you have, you have the vulnerability at the palm of your hands of people mm. talking about their problems all the time right. and you being able to, not necessarily get into Turo, because that's what a lot of people are doing right now. But mm. to you have a vantage point into the problems that need to be solved at a level that other people don't have exposure to. Mm. So it's, when you talk about mindset shift, it's like a I offer this external perspective of being like when you're at a table, just. And you're listening instead of listening for the information because Dave is what Dave can get from Myron, Myron Golden is mm-hmm. different from what you can That's get from true. Myron Golden. That's true. What you can get from Myron Golden might be like mm-hmm. his pain points or whatever it is that you could do to solve his problem. Mm-hmm. Dave is mentee. You're yeah. not necessarily mentee in that in that car. Mm-hmm. So I wanted to offer that perspective yeah. shift.
0: It's like a bur- it's a bird's eye view. Yeah, it's a bird's eye view. Yeah. yeah. And I mean, I think it's taken me a little bit longer um, on my journey just mm-hmm. because of the differences of what I've, you know, what I, the transitions I've went through. Mm-hmm. But I think those transitions are necessary because I'm the type of person um, who I have to, I have to be hands on with it. Mm-hmm. Like, like I was the, I was the kid. You remember, you, know, you remember the old story Like your mom would tell you Don't touch the hot stove
1: mm-hmm, yeah. And the
0: dad will be like Let him touch it Yeah I had to touch the stove Yeah yeah Like cause you telling me it's hot I don't believe you <laughs> I will
2: Uh huh That thing hot Yeah I gotta
0: touch it mm-hmm. So I'm more I'm more hands on So like I learn from Experiences And I learn from even, Even from failures Even from doing Even from something Not happening How I expected it to turn out but like like we said earlier, like I never let things get me down for long. Like I'm even like just even relationships, or I don't hold grudge. Like it's like I, 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 I'm I'm I'll be upset for a little while, and it's like after that, I'm, I'm you good, you good, we good. Like I'll start messing with you now. Like I'm over it. Like it's it's just like let's go to the next. And as a kid, as a kid, I read a lot of books. And even as an adult, I read in the military, I read a lot of books, I had a lot of time being on, yeah. on the boat. So I, went, I, re- yeah. I read books like, um, one of one of my favorite books was How to Win Friends and in- Influence mm. People, right? Mm-hmm. And it talks about like everybody, no matter what they do, has a reason that's valid in their mind of why they did it. Nobody just ain't out here just, <laughs> why you do this? huh? Oh, they got a reason right you could be a, in the book it talks about somebody who was murdering somebody they mm-hmm. left a note it was like this is why i've murdered all these people <laughs> yes. and it's crazy to you to hear somebody murder somebody but in their mind they're they Innocent have it's validated. Mm-hmm. it's validated yes yes and so understanding that people do things for a reason mm-hmm. and that helps me that helps me also solve problems
2: yeah yeah. right
0: because if you can deal with people you can solve a problem
2: yeah
0: right because if you're the type of person that i can't talk to you or you're so closed and hey are what's wrong and you don't say nothing i can't solve you i can't help you Mm -hmm. unless you tell me what's going on but like for me it's like b what's going on let me think about it for a second i'm gonna get back to you all right so this is how i feel like you know i really feel like we need to be doing this because when when this when we do this this happens and let's really figure out how not to do that and like it's just being able to be a person that can articulate the problem or a problem or being a person that can be um personable like just talking to somebody sometimes just talking to somebody helps the problem yeah right sometimes just talking about it makes it better mm
1: mm-hmm.
0: cuz we could sit here and talk about it and you talk i talk you talk i talk and then it's like, okay, I feel better. Or when well, you said something that I never really thought about, then mm-hmm. that made sense. Let's, let's try that. Yep. It's almost like brainstorming.
1: I love brainstorming. So yeah, honestly and truly I feel like this conversation is a brainstorm <laughs> because like we were talking about a podcast idea earlier and I'm like, because you have this like wealth of knowledge in different areas, mm-hmm. You know, you being able to solve different problems and you just talk to different approaches mm-hmm. to like solve a problem. Like you could probably talk all day about a problem in the in the culinary industry, in the supply chain industry, in yeah. the corporate industry, in the military industry. Like, and it sounds like that's where your passion lies.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: It just sounds like the process to getting there. You're in it. Yeah, you're in the process of to getting there. Yeah, yeah. Windy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, yeah. But I would enjoy. I would enjoy like hearing like you go off for an hour just talking about the culinary side of things but we only have an hour and 30 minutes to talk about it and i feel like we just grazed the surface but what i will say is um i've appreciated talking about like for me i see so many different connections Mm. um and one motif of it all definitely is supply chain even before you actually realize Mm. that was a thing but um you being able to talk through it and understand, like from a parent perspective, oh, I was gonna ask you something else about like being a father, but Mm -hmm. I can't even remember. But it's just that either way, you actually making these moves and um, deciding what's right for you and and having a foundation, I would imagine your parents also had a big, just a big foundation or grounding sense into that. Yeah, yeah, So definitely. thank you for sharing. Mm -hmm. Thank you for sharing and all the different winding roads. And I would say this is a snapshot. So we got to have you back on the podcast. Okay. Right? When you're like <laughs>
0: whatever Chilling it is it, something. Yeah, whatever
1: yeah. it is that you're doing, right? And you want to mm. share like that journey, but I think that what you could offer is a perspective of like following a bit of your gut and mm. like navigating with the sense that you are the man. Mm. If there's someone out there who's watching or listening, and they're in a space in their career where they don't necessarily feel like they can ask somebody to like fly them out or they don't necessarily feel like they can negotiate for a salary or they don't feel like they have the the, um, the guts, you know what I mean, mm. to be in cer- certain rooms without like mm. quivering, like what, whoever it would be, who would you talk to your old 25 year old self or anyone and what wisdom would you share so that they can take the next step in their career journey?
0: So you would just find somebody who does what you don't do well, well, and ask them how they do it. So like when I used to go to like, in, when I used to go to like interviews, um, and you know, they always ask like, um, you have any questions for us? So I would always, I would end my, my last question would be because a lot of the most of the time I'm getting interviewed by, you know, these older people that have been, you know, climb their way through the corporate ladder or climb their way, you know, to where they were. And I would say, if you were, I, how did I, how did I frame this question? Cause I had it like, I had it like on cue, but I didn't use it in a while. It was like, um, if you were a 21 year old looking for this job, mm-hmm. what was, what would some advice be that you would tell yourself? about this interview. Yeah. And it'll put them on the spot to be like, dang, he's asking me for like the answers to the test that I'm giving him. <laughs> I am, yeah. but it's but in a different way. Mm-hmm. So at that point, it's like, well, I would tell you, such and such, I would tell myself, blah, 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 blah. okay, thank about you, it. thank mm-hmm. you for that, right. So if there's something that, if there's something that you're not comfortable doing, if you're not a good speaker, if you're not a good, Um, people person if you're not extroverted if you're not if you're uh, shy when you talk in front of people find somebody who's not and figure out and ask them how they do it Mm -hmm. right and and read about it or inquire about it because the more you the more knowledge you have and the more information you consume the better you can be you know they say if you knew if you know better you do better Right. right so don't there's no there's no limitations to anything that any one of us can do like there's no there's no limitations yeah. like me being um you know the fact that i'm extroverted and i'm able to talk to people and i can get in front of a room of people and make people laugh Yeah. that is a quality of mine but but if there's plenty of people there's plenty of things that i don't do well mm-hmm. right there's plenty of things that i struggle with and i Am not the greatest on, but what do I do with those things? I work on them, because we're only you're only as good as your least affecting quality.
2: Mm.
0: So if there's things that you need to work on, work on your weaknesses.
2: Yeah,
0: work on your weaknesses because your 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 strengths work on themselves, right? So me like coming a podcast, doing podcast interviews, I'm good at talking. So like it it's exercising that muscle. Like it's ex- I'm already in mode. Mm-hmm. but like if whatever it is that i'm not good at this is something i need to i need to work on like i'm not good at um like um telling people that work for me that they're not doing a good job i'm terrible at that like it's like the hardest thing for me to do is like because i generally care about people
2: yeah
0: right and so like i have people that work for me um in the, in this in the youth football space, and they they might not be doing the right thing, or I just had to fire somebody yesterday from a coaching position. Right, that's a friend of mine. I'm. It's really hard for me to do stuff like that because I gen I genuinely care about people. Mm-hmm. So for me, I have to like tell myself in my mind like I gotta have this phone call. It's like you just gotta just say it. Like, and I'm in my head, I'm like. You ask me about anything else, I'll talk to you for an hour, hour and fifty minutes. Mm-hmm. But you talk to me about, oh, you need to let this person go, or you need to, you need to have a, you need to have a talk with this person so you can, so their performance can be better. In the military was different because in the military I just cuss you out. It was just, the military is like it's a different, it's a different animal. Like it's like, what are you doing? Like, man, get your stuff together. Blah, 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 blah. But not in those words, in bad words. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> but it's, but in, the, in corporate, you can't do that. Mm-hmm. So in the in the sector I'm in now, I can't do that. The people I got working for me, I can't just cuss them out and be. You know what I'm saying? Like that. So it's like, I really I'm I'm learning how to deal with deficiencies with people that work for me and getting them to a level of. Um, a level where we where I need them to be so that we can be successful doing what we need to do so that's a that's a weakness of mine but if you have a weakness work on it yeah don't just say oh I'm shy and just keep being shy yeah you almost have to like force yourself to not be like you just gotta go do something that you can't be shy at
1: make yourself uncomfortable
0: make yourself uncomfortable yeah yeah
1: thank you for that there's I can't wait for part two this is gonna be lit for those of you guys who are watching, and for those of you guys who are listening. Um, one, thank y'all so much for watching. And Brandon, if there's someone out there who is um, wanting to stay connected and watch your journey and continue to support you, how can they connect with you and how can they follow you?
0: Uh, you can follow me on Instagram at the Madison Square Gardener, just how it's spelled, just how it sound. Um, I'm a big Knicks fan, that's why it's called that. But um, um, and on Facebook, just Brandon Abrahams, and you can catch me on. Um, the Living Blessed podcast uh, um, with Javon, and now bow, bow, bow,
1: bow, 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 bow. the Working Play, Work
0: Play podcast with Arielle.
1: Absolutely, so. I hope you guys enjoy this this uh, story. So many twists and turns, and I can't wait for the live that we do because then we get a chance to look back at this episode, mm-hmm. digest it, have a conversation about it. It's gonna be lit. Yeah. yeah, so thank y'all again for, li- for listening. Thank you again for being on the podcast. No problem. Until next week, peace out. Peace.